You are listening to the Forgotten News Podcast. But before we begin, here are a few words about a couple of other podcasts that we think you might want to try. Coming this holiday season to a podcast platform near you. In the criminal justice system, it's not always a wonderful life. A man down on earth needs our help. Again? Female, late 30s, cause of death, strangulation. Oh, Mary. Mary. Where were you last night between midnight and 3 a.m.? They found Mr. Gawa's body in the back of his pharmacy this morning. Two stiffs in one week, definitely a serial killer. Oh, I don't know what's become of this town. That is a pickle. What? Hi, I'm Bran. And I'm Scott. And we're the host of a podcast called Christmas Morning, a daily morning show of sorts that's entirely about Christmas. That's right. Every day we'll share some Christmas news, let you know what to watch on television that night. We'll play a couple of Christmas tunes that you've probably never heard of. And of course, we'll update you on how many days there are until Christmas. Oh, it sounds like so much fun. And we're going to release an episode every single day, Monday to Friday through Christmas. So subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Welcome to the Forgotten News Podcast. This is your window to hear true stories from long ago. Stories that once made headlines. Stories that people thought would be unforgettable. Yet those stories were soon lost in the sands of time or were buried deep in the dustbin of history. In this podcast, we shake off the sand and dust from those stories and share them here with you as fresh as the day they were first told. And now, here's your hosts. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Forgotten News Podcast. And this is our annual Christmas special. This is Jim. This is Kit. This is Jessica. Now, if you are a regular listener to the Forgotten News podcast, then you will already know that in December, during the previous five years of the show, we have featured a presentation of the 1939 Campbell Playhouse audio adaptation of the famous story A Christmas Carol by Charles Dickens with the voices of Orson Welles and Lionel Barrymore. But, this year, we are not going to be doing that. Instead, we are going to do something that is a little different. It will be a mix of old and new, but now I am going to be a little mysterious and tell you that even the new will be old. In other words, sort of like the way that Christmas itself is supposed to be. 
However, we've probably kept you in the dark more than long enough. So we'll raise the curtain and tell you about our featured story on this Christmas special. It's going to be a story that most of our listeners have probably never heard before called Dancing Dan's Christmas. This story is an episode of the Damon Runyon Theater radio show that was broadcast on the CBS radio network in 1949. Now, in case you don't know, Damon Runyon was a guy who wrote fictional short stories for newspapers from 1900 up until his death in 1946. These stories were generally sweet and sentimental tales about New York City gangsters, hustlers, gamblers, entertainers, and con artists of the 1930s and 1940s. Five years after Damon Runyon passed away, the musical play Guys and Dolls was produced, based on some of the stories he had written. Now, as we mentioned, our featured story on this episode is called Dancing Dan's Christmas, and it is a genuine Christmas story. Now, be sure to pay attention to the dialogue between the characters, because it is very unique. Everyone speaks in the present tense, even when they are talking about the past. And nobody uses contractions. They talk this way because, well, that's the way that Damon Runyon wrote his stories. Now, we are going to mention, just as a trigger warning, that this story takes place within the world of gangsters and organized crime in the late 1940s. The story will be told through narration by a guy with the nickname Broadway, who seemed to be a friend of almost everybody within that secretive world, although he himself was not part of it. And by the way, whenever you hear him say the phrase citizens, this is code that refers to members of organized crime. The role of Broadway was voiced by John Brown, a man who worked as a voice actor for many years in various radio shows, almost always comedies. Now, one final thing. For some unknown reason, although this is a Christmas story, the Damon Runyon radio show decided to broadcast it on March 13, 1949, rather than in December. Go figure. Now, with all of that having been said, here is our presentation of Dancing Dan's Christmas. No! One more thing. We need everyone to know that we'll be back right after the featured story with a few more things for you. So please, just keep listening. Okay? Thanks! 
All right. So here's the story. The Damon Runyon Theater. Once again, the Damon Runyon Theater brings you another story by the master storyteller, Damon Runyon. And this one, Dancing Dan's Christmas. And to tell it to you, here is Broadway. Thanks. The time this story takes place is Christmas. The time when everybody is saying things about peace on earth, goodwill to men. Now that is a sentiment with which I go along 300%. And I wish that everyone will take it to heart. However, there are certain citizens who never hear of peace. And goodwill is nice, but not absolutely necessary. And how it happens that I almost spend my last Christmas with no will at all is quite a story, which I will tell you about in a minute. Men, no shaving proposition beats this. Listen. There's one buck cash, says Colgate Brushless wins you in a flash. Yes, one buck cash says this is it for the clean, smooth, comfortable shaves you've always wanted. And here's why. Because it's light and fine textured, Colgate Brushless completely surrounds, softens, and supports each bristle better than greasy, heavy creams. There's no matting down. There is no clogging. Your razor doesn't skid or skip when you use Colgate Brushless. Instead, it cuts through clean and smooth. Try Colgate Brushless. See how it does away with razor scrape and soreness. Discover how slick and smooth and downright comfortable it makes your shave. Get a large or giant-sized tube or jar of Colgate Brushless Shaving Cream. If one week's use doesn't win you completely, just send me back the carton top and we'll mail you your dollar. Address, Bill Stern, Kara Colgate, Jersey City, Zone 2, New Jersey. Remember, there's one buck cash as Colgate Brushless wins you in a flash. Real fine. And now, back to the Damon Runyon Theater and the famous story, Dancing Dan's Christmas. It is just two days before Christmas that I am sitting in Mindy's, enjoying some cheesecake and coffee. My enjoyment is not long-lasting, because no sooner is the first bite in my mouth than I am joined by a character named Shotgun Sam, so-called for reasons that are plain. He sidles up, eyes me for a couple of seconds, then sits down. The cheesecake has no more flavor and gets even less tasty, as Shotgun says as follows. Broadway, how are you? First rate. How are you, Shotgun? Tired. Very tired. Is the cheesecake good? I just take my first bite. Oh. I don't see dancing there in any place around, do you? I am not looking for it. I am. Oh. He is as hard to find as warmth in the bookie's heart. It seems to me that the places to be looking for dancing Dan would be the nightclubs. He likes to dance. Mm-hmm. And that is just why I'm looking for him. Because he's such a slick dancer. You wish to take lessons? I do not. I wish to give dancing Dan one. And one he will not forget. I tell you, I do not see him any place. I believe you. Thanks. Broadway, I do not like the job I gotta do. Which is? It seems that Dancing Dan dances too much here lately with a wrong doll. Uh, Muriel O'Neill? The same. Do you know about it, then? Well, there is a rumor that Heine Schmitz likes her. Said rumor is absolutely true. And because it is, Heine wishes Dancing Dan to know it. 
Look, Shotgun, what harm is there in dancing with Muriel O'Neill? None, except that dancing Dan does it more than once. Now we've got to find him and end his career. You're sure you do not see him? As sure as I am a foot high, I do not. Okay, but uh, if you do, you will let me know? Well, to tell the truth, I do not get to many places which are apt to see dancing Dan. But in case you do... Heine would take it as a personal favor if you would tell me. Also, he would take it as a personal affront if you do not. But, Shotgun, I... also I... would take it as a personal affront. I have got this job to do for Heine. And I would like to get it over with because I wish to get home for Christmas. I do not like to spend the Christmas season hunting for somebody, eh? I... I hear. Okay. See you now. <laughs> Now, when a citizen like Shotgun Sam says he would take it as a personal affront, he means just that. So I make it strictly my business to keep more than somewhat away from the spots where I am likely to see dancing Dan. Not that I would tip off Shotgun, because I like Dan. But if Shotgun finds out that I see Dan and, and do not tell him, that is not only the end of my peace on Earth, it is the end. So it is on Christmas Eve that I am in Good Time Charlie's. A place Dancing Dan is never likely to show up. The scene is as follows. This is what is known as uh, Tom and Jerry Broadway. You like it? It is very good. A great thing for Christmas. Charlie, yeah? how does it happen you have no other customers tonight? Christmas Eve, everybody stays home. I figure I'll close up early and... Who's that? It does not make any difference. Let him knock. Now, as I was saying... Whoever it is wants to come in. I gotta close up. No more customers tonight. Maybe it is someone who wants to see you. Oh, okay. Leave the door on its hinges. I'm coming. Hiya, Charlie. Dan. Dancing Dan. Yeah. Dancing Dan. Well, Broadway, how are you? I... What are you doing here, Dan? Here? Well, I just thought I'd drop in and wish everybody a Merry Christmas. Everybody is not here. And so I see. Hey, Charlie, is that a Tom and Jerry? Yeah, you wish one? Yeah, just one. Then I gotta go. Here, store this someplace for me, will you? Yeah, what is in the package? Iron? <laughs> not by a long shot. Well, Broadway, I haven't seen you for a long time. Where well, you been keeping yourself? Safe? Huh? How's it with you, Charlie? Yeah, pretty good. Here, have a Tom and Jerry on the house. Thanks. It's good. <laughs> yeah. Dan, is it safe for you to be out? Hmm? Oh, you mean about Heine Schmitz, huh? That is it. Well, this is kind of a farewell party, boys. From now on, I'm going this straight and narrow. You? Why? I mean, this is news. Yeah. Mm, maybe because I'm in love. This makes it worse. I presume the doll is Muriel O'Neill. Mm-hmm. You know, this is Christmas. I figure there's no better time for a guy to cut out his old life and build something new for himself. And that's what I'm going to do. And here's to you, Broadway. Look, Dan, I'd give a million potatoes if I do not see you tonight. Why? I, I just would. You are plenty hot. Oh, sure. Heine doesn't like me. <laughs> and when Heine doesn't like somebody, that somebody is in the red. Plenty. I gotta go, Dan. Why? Look, you, you know I wouldn't give the tip off, Dan, but... Well, Shotgun Sam is looking for you. And when he finds you... I know. Broadway is right, Dan. Shotgun will not be particular who is between him and his target. 
Yeah. You sure nobody sees you come in here? I don't know. Holy mackerel. Merry Christmas, everybody. It's funny, isn't it? Here I am, in love with a doll who loves me. I want to go straight. I want to forget the old life and build up something new for Muriel and me. I got to do it the hard way. Yeah, it is funny. Okay, tell you what. I'll stay just a couple of minutes. Then I'll take the heat off you two by getting out of here. Okay? Sure, Dan. You are an all right guy. Broadway, what do you say? I... Ah, it's Christmas Eve. What else can I say? Thanks. Well, Merry Christmas, boys. It is more than a little uncomfortable in good time Charlie's, as any minute we are expecting Shotgun Sam to poke in and end the proceedings. But the half hour goes by, and all three of us are beginning to think that everything is all right, when the scene is as follows. That is somebody at the door. Yeah, it is. Dan, there's a back way out of here. You think they won't have that covered? Open the door, Charlie. You crazy? I'm tired of running away. Open the door. You cannot do this, Dan. Step back. I'll open it. No, no, don't, Dan. Look, if anything happens, take that package to police headquarters. Police? Yeah, there's a note in it. They'll understand. Now get back out of line of the door. Merry Christmas. Gee, look. It's Santa Claus. It is somebody who looks like it. <laughs> hey, look. Hi, Charlie. Hi, Broadway. Look, it is Ookie. <laughs> yeah, Ookie dressed up like Santa Claus. Yeah, I... I <laughs> I'm glad you opened, Charlie. It's pretty cold outside. Ookie, what is the idea of the Santa Claus suit? And what is the idea of scaring ten years out of us? Who? Me? <laughs> it's okay, Ookie. You didn't know. But like Broadway asked, what's the idea of the Santa Claus suit? Well, I'm advertising Fletcher's store. Fifty cents an hour I get for walking up and down the streets handing out his cards. You got yourself a bad cold. Uh huh. But I'm gonna be all right in a couple of minutes. Just gotta, gotta get warm first. Well, you're crazy. You will get pneumonia if you go out again. I need the dough bad. You mean you're so broke you got to walk up and down in that Santa Claus suit for half a check an hour? How do you like that? Here, Rookie, drink this. A Tom and Jerry. Yeah? Thanks. That's good. It's nice and hot. But, gee, I wish I could stay in here and talk with you guys, but I got to beat it. You are figuring on going out in the cold? I need the dough. I ain't got a cent, and my wife's... Kind of sick. I, I, I'd kind of like to bring her a little present this year. Okay, how long do you have to walk around like that? About till midnight. Well, it's only ten now. You will get soaking wet in the snow in two hours. Oh, I'll stop in the storefronts and places to get warmed up. Well, got to get going. Uh, thanks for the Tom and Jerry. Sure. Uh, here. Buy the wife a good present, huh? Well, gee. Well, thanks, Charlie. Here, give her one for me, too, huh? Oh, no, look. I'm making a real Christmas, Hookie. Well, gee, Dan. Guys, I... I... 
I've got a bad cold. Makes me sniffle. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, got to get going. Wait, okay. You got dough now. Why kill yourself for a measly four bits an hour? Well, it ain't only this job. But Fletch promised me if I'd make good, he'd let me clean up his place overnight. Fifteen a week. And uh, I need a job. So you see, I got to do it. No, you don't. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I do. Uh, I've been pretty sick the past year. Couldn't hold no job, but but this year's going to be different. I promise Midge, my wife. Okay, take off that suit. Huh? But, Dan, I got... Take it off. Dan, what's the idea? I'm not going to let Ookie walk around with that cold. Oh, now, please, Dan, I need the job I'm going to get. You'll get it, because Fletcher's Santa Claus is going to walk around. What are you talking about, Dan? Me. I'm going to be Santa Claus. Now I hear everything. Oh, Dan. Dan, Go on, start taking it off. You stay here till you get good and warm. Then take a cab back home. Dan, I won't never forget this. I won't either. Well, I'll have it off in a jiffy. Dan, you are crazy. You'll be walking around the streets. You'll be a setup for shotgun. You've got a chance if you keep out of sight. I'm going to make this the best Christmas I ever had. It says, peace on earth, goodwill towards men. Okay, I'm through running away. If shotgun wants to rub me out on Christmas Eve, let him. I'm not going to run away anymore. But what about Muriel? Why do you not think about her? I am. I'm giving her a Christmas present. Huh? What? Yeah. Together, we don't have to keep running away. By herself, she'll do a lot better. Hurry up with that suit, Ookie. Ladies and gentlemen, in the fight against an old enemy, polio, medical research has armed us with a powerful new weapon, gamma globulin. Used soon enough, it can prevent the paralyzing effects of polio. But first, you must furnish the raw material, blood. Doctors urgently need your donation of blood to make gamma globulin. So call the Red Cross. Please don't put it off. It's too important. Call the Red Cross tomorrow and make an appointment to give blood. And now, back to the Damon Runyon Theater and the famous story, Dancing Dan's Christmas. Well, Dancing Dan puts on Ookie's Santa Claus suit, beard and all. We get a pillow from Good Time Charlie and make Dan look quite a bit like the real thing. And then... Just as he is about to leave, the scene is as follows. Now, who is calling me on the phone? Answer it, Charlie. Uh, yeah, I'll be back in just a second. Dan, for the last time, do not do this. I'm doing it yeah. for Wookie and Muriel. Oh. It's funny, isn't it? Yeah, Me well, being Santa Claus. I tell you, you got a chance no, if you... No, nothing. But... Right. Hey, uh, Broadway. Yeah, Charlie? Uh, this call is for you. What? For me? But nobody knows I am here. You better take this. But... Go ahead, Broadway. I'll wait here till you're through. Yeah. Yeah, okay. You are not going to like this, Broadway. Who is it? Here, take it. I will go back and talk to Dan. Hello? This is Broadway? Broadway, this is Muriel O'Neill. What? Charlie told me Dan's there. Well, yeah, he is, but how'd you know? He said he was going to say Merry Christmas to everybody. Broadway, watch him. 
Don't let him do anything crazy. Please. Miss O'Neill, I have no control whatsoever of Charlie Bogdan. told me what he's going to do. You mustn't let him, Broadway, please. What is there I can do? Talk him out of it. I tried that for a solid half an then hour. Then go with him. We have a bad connection. I think you say, go with him? Yes. It is a very bad connection. Broadway, look, it's Christmas. I love the big goof. I know what he's thinking, and I know what he's doing. Please, stay with him. Miss O'Neill, I know it is Christmas, and I would like to see what it is like next year, too. In Broadway, they, they might not try anything if there's somebody with him. Don't you see? I do not. You're afraid. All right. Hold him there until I get to him. I'll go with him. Oh, no. Hey, hey no, please. Hold him there. No, look, Miss O'Neill, there is no... <sighs> Miss O'Neill, Miss O... Step on him, Broadway. I want to get going. Yeah, I'm coming. A friend of yours on the phone? Uh-huh. A friend of mine. Yeah, well, uh, what does uh, the friend have to say, Broadway? <laughs> Nothing much. Say, uh, Dan. Yeah? I think I will walk a piece with you. Huh? <laughs> You're crazy. I, I need some air. Broadway, stay here. I, I have to meet somebody in a little while. Come on, Dan. <laughs> okay, I can't stop you. Oh, give me that package, Johnny. <laughs> what have you got in there, Dan? A uh, Christmas present for the police. Come on, Broadway. Well, so I am crazy. But I do not like to see Miss Muriel O'Neill taking a chance. So I figure I will go with Dan, so that if Miss O'Neill comes into Charlie's, he will tell her I am with him. We step out into the street. The snow is sparkling under the lights, and the bells are ringing. It is a beautiful Christmas Eve, and everybody looks happy but me. I am very sad, and more than somewhat jumpy, because I expect any minute to hear something that is not Christmas chimes. But we walk up the street, and the scene is as follows. Look, Broadway, did you ever see a night like this? Truthfully, no. Fresh snow on the street, people laughing, talking. What makes people laugh like this, Broadway? I wish I know. So do I. Look, Dan, how far do you expect to walk? Not far, just to Muriel's place. Muriel's? Yeah. I want to put something in her grandma's stocking. I do not know what you are talking about. Oh, her grandmother hangs up her stocking every year and gets nothing. But this year, she's going to have a good Christmas. Just one before she dies. This year, that stocking's gonna get something good in it. Like what? You see this package? Know what's in it? If it is at all like the rest of this evening, there is a bomb in it. <laughs> no, no. I made a haul. 50,000 clams worth of jewelry. This is Christmas Eve, and so I figured I'd take it back to the police because I am going straight. You are walking around in a Santa Claus suit? With 50 grand worth of jewelry wrapped up in a newspaper? <laughs> it's the only paper I could find. And I am with you? <laughs> Take it easy, Broadway. No one will think of frisking Santa Claus for jewelry. I... Hey, look. Where? What? Who? A Salvation Army doll. She is not doing a good business. Come on. Dan, please, let us get in off the street. You'll now have your fun. I have to pass out these cards for Uki, sure. But meanwhile, we're going to drum up a little business for the Salvation Army doll. Merry Christmas. And the last... Good evening, miss. Oh... Hello there, Santa. I don't see much folding money in that kettle. Well, people are too busy to stop, I guess. Uh-huh. Okay. I will see what I can do. And please, let us get off the street. Ah, there's a customer. Hey, you. Hey, you talking to me? Uh-huh. You know who I am? <laughs> you look like Santa Claus to me. I am. 
Now, you be one, huh? Put something in the kettle. Now, look here. No, you look there. Put something in the kettle. I, well, of course. And see that what you put in doesn't make a tinkly sound. In fact, no sound at all. You were the first Santa Claus I ever seen packing a rod. I'm different. Go ahead. Oh, thank you, sir. Thank you. He will tell the cops then. Uh-uh. Hey, you. Come in. I, I put a $5 bill in the kettle. Good. Here's your fire. I what? I don't understand. I want the little lady to think that it came from you. Now beat it. Oh, sure, sure, Santa Claus. Hey, thanks very much. Now let's proceed. My last stop, Broadway. Look, Dan, forget this business. Oh, no, I still got Grandma O'Neill's stocking to fill. Come on. But Shotgun might be watching here. So, what if he is? He will get you. Well, I'm not going to let Shotgun spoil the best Christmas Eve I've had since I was a kid. You coming with me or not? I... I can't stand out here on the street. Well, then, come on. She lives on the second floor. Broadway. You stay back of me. No use you getting it, too. That makes good sense. See anybody? No. I do not like this. It is too quiet. Yeah. Well, here we are. See if the door is locked. Open. Uh-huh. Let me go in first. Be careful, Dan. I'll go in first and light the light. Nobody here. Nobody but Grandma O'Neill. Sleeping. I do not like this, Dan. They will come looking for you here. Let them. Look at her, Broadway. Sleeping in her chair. And that stocking hanging up. (laughs) Every year she does that. And now we're going to make it worth a while. Look at that. Yeah. Pretty stuff, ain't it? You know, there's a 5,000 reward out for it. I... And you're putting it in a stocking? Why not? It's a nice Christmas present, ain't it? Here we go. It looks awful funny in that stocking. <laughs> and it's going to take more than a little explanation how it gets there. Uh, it's here. That's the main thing. Now, let's get going again. Where to now? Oh, I don't know. But you can go home if you want to. Yeah. I guess I will. <laughs> She's going to believe it's really a Santa Claus. Wait. Somebody came in the door in the hall. Coming up. Yeah. Get down, Broadway. Who's that? Muriel. Muriel. Dan. Oh, Dan. Oh, Dan, you crazy fool. Oh, no, honey, everything's all right. Muriel, did you see anybody? No. But why did you come here? I had something to do, honey. Please, Dan, you can't stay here. You can't stay in New York. What do you want me to do? Run away? What do you care if that's what it has to be? It's better than being killed. I don't think so. Miss O'Neill is right, Dan. Uh, maybe. Maybe not. Now, look, Muriel. You wait five minutes out here in the hall. Then you go in your flat. But why? Do like I said. What are you going to do, Dan? Me? I got a great idea. I do like I said. Broadway, stay away. Dan! Don't come after me. Broadway, what's he going to do? Miss O'Neill, I do not know. And even if I do know, I would not understand it.
we do like Dan says. We wait five minutes, and then we go into Muriel's flat. When she sees the jewelry in the stocking, she makes me tell her what happens, and then she runs out in the street to look for Dan. But he is gone. And it's not until the next day that I hear what happens from Good Time Charlie. Sure, sure, I am telling it straight Broadway. Dan goes right to the police and tells them he pulled that jewelry job. And, and he leaves the jewelry so Muriel will get the reward? That is the way I figure it, but she will not accept it. But now he will get a couple of years at least. Sure he will. You know, maybe it is better this way. He goes to the clink, but he does not get rubbed out by Shotgun Sam. Yeah. Yeah, but there is something I do not understand. What? Why is it that Muriel does not take the reward money? Uh, dogs are very funny people sometimes, Broadway. They are very funny people. She says she will wait for him. And they will start all over again. Yep, like you say, dolls are very funny people. But, Charlie, there is something even funnier. Yeah? What is that? I am not able to figure out why Dan is still alive. And why Shotgun Sam is not watching your place here last night. Or haven't it watched? Like I say, it is hard to figure that out. Anyway, Dan goes to the pen, but he gets a light sentence because he says he is going straight, and besides, he gives himself up. He gets out and marries Miss Muriel O'Neill, and the last I hear, they are living happily. But that is not the end of the story. And what the end is, I will tell you in a minute. Here's Hollywood star Mona Freeman. Who feels like acting with a miserable cold? I relieve cold distress the fast way, with four-way cold tablets. Yes, tests of all the leading cold tablets proved four-way fastest acting. Amazing four-way starts in minutes to relieve muscular pains and headache, reduce fever, calm upset stomach, also overcomes irregularity. When a cold strikes, do what I do. Take four-way cold tablets. It's the fast way to relieve nasty cold distress and feel better quickly. Four-way, only 29 cents. Well, it is a year later that I am once again sitting in Mindy's. It is again Christmas Eve. I look up from my blinces, and whom do I see but Shotgun Sam? And he is looking at me with a funny look. He comes over and sits down, and the scene is as follows. Hello, Broadway. Hello, Shotgun. It is just about a year since I saw you last, is it not? Almost exactly. Mm-hmm. Christmas Eve last year. Oh, no, you do not see me last Christmas Eve. I see you last Christmas Eve. You do not see me. You are going to say something? No. I see you come out of good time, Charlie's. You do? Uh-huh. I'm looking for dancing Dan. But I'm not looking for him anymore because Heine Schmitz no longer cares for Miss Muriel O'Neill. Oh. You say you see me last Christmas Eve coming out of good time, Charlie's? Yeah. I get a tip that dancing Dan is headed for there. I get there just as Ookie is going in. Ah, Ookie. Yeah. I wait, and then I see you come out with Ookie. I must get a bad steer because Dancing Dan never goes in nor comes out. <laughs> it must be a bad steer you get. Well, I guess I will go now. Mm-hmm. So long. So long. Oh, and um, Merry Christmas, Shotgun. Shotgun. <laughs> 
And so ends the famous Damon Runyon story, Dancing Dan's Christmas. Listen in again next week for... The Damon Runyon Theater. The Damon Runyon Theater with John Brown as Broadway is directed by Richard Sandville and the story is adapted for radio by Russell Hughes. Vern Carstensen is in charge of production. This is a Mayfair production. Hello again, listeners. We hope you enjoyed our little Christmas gift to you, this special presentation of the 1949 radio dramatization of the story Dancing Dan's Christmas as featured on the Damon Runyon Theater in 1949. Now, we mentioned earlier that for some strange reason, this episode was broadcast in March rather than December of 1949. But even more strange, when December eventually came that year, the show did not feature any type of story with a Christmas theme. However, one year later, on December 24, 1950, John Brown and the rest of the cast of the Damon Runyon Theater reunited to perform a dramatization of another Christmas story by Damon Runyon called Three Wise Guys. Although, this time... The story was featured on an episode of a different audio drama radio show called The Whistler, which usually featured fictionalized stories of mysterious adventures, violent crime, or the supernatural. This was obviously a strong contrast from the sentimental humor of Damon Runyon. So, it was probably kind of a crazy surprise back then for listeners to hear one of his sweet Christmas stories on that show. Now, speaking of Damon Runyon, he passed away in 1946 at the relatively young age of 66 from cancer. His ashes were scattered by plane over New York City and Broadway in particular. It was illegal, but he was so beloved that everyone felt it was the perfect goodbye. Now, moving along. Speaking of writers, if you are a regular listener to the Forgotten News podcast, you might remember that on each of our last five or six Christmas episodes, we have included a short but insightful essay from Charles Dickens in regard to the celebration of the Christmas season. And now we are going to share those thoughts once again, since they contain some excellent advice for everyone who celebrates Christmas.
who can be insensible to the outpourings of good feeling and the honest interchange of affectionate attachment which abound at this season of the year? There seems a magic in the very name of Christmas. Petty jealousies and discords are forgotten. Social feelings are awakened. Kindly hearts that have yearned towards each other, but have been withheld by false notions of pride and self-dignity, are again reunited, and all is kindness and benevolence. Do not select the merriest of days for your doleful recollections, but draw your chair near the blazing fire, fill your glass, and send round the song. And if your room is smaller than it was a dozen years ago, or if your glass is filled with punch instead of sparkling wine, put a good face on the matter, drink it, and fill another, and sing the old songs that you used to sing, and thank God that it's no worse. Now, listeners, that quote from Dickens brings to mind another quote from a man named G.K. Chesterton, who was a newspaper columnist, social commentator, and author, who was very famous in the early 20th century. This is what he said in regard to the subject of Christmas. If ever a faith is firmly grounded again, it will be at least interesting to notice those few things that have bridged the gulf, that stood firm when faith was lost, and were still standing when it was found again. Of these really interesting things, one, in all probability, will be the celebration of Christmas. Of course, it is covered up, like every other living thing, with a sort of moss of convention, and the unmeaning use of words. Now, there is nothing really wrong with the whole modern world, except that it does not fit in with Christmas. But, the modern world will have to fit in with Christmas, or die. The real basis of life is not scientific. The strongest basis of life is sentimental. People are not economically obliged to live. Anybody can die for nothing. People romantically desire to live, especially at Christmas. can't add anything to that other than to encourage our listeners to have as happy a Christmas as you possibly can. And now, listeners, before we move on, we definitely want to give an enormous thank you to our wonderful narrators. So take a bow and tell our listeners anything that you want to say about yourself. 
Hi, this is Logan Smith, and I'm a frequent collaborator in voice projects, most notably as the announcer for Hot Copy Radio Theater. If anybody would like to get in touch with me for voiceover work or an audition, I'd love to work with you. The best way to get in touch is by my email, which is lbsmith1124 at gmail.com. That's lbsmith1124 at gmail.com. And thanks to everybody for listening. to yours, the best wishes for the holiday season. This is Jerry Kokich. Contact me at jerrykokichvoiceactor.weebly.com And you'll be sure to have a Merry Christmas. That was a terrific narration. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Great job. That was just beautiful. Thanks so much. Now, listeners, just to make sure that you know, here's the thing. Because this is a special episode of this podcast, there will be no police blotter segment and no recommendations and advice segment. Sorry about that, since we know that some of you really look forward to them. Oh well. I think that is pretty much everything for this episode, except for a very special Christmas gift for our listeners. And here it is. Ta-da! We are not going to ask you to go to Apple Podcasts to leave a rating or review. In fact, believe it or not, we are not going to ask you to do anything at all. Except have a very merry and safe holiday season. And with all of that, Having been said, goodbye, everyone. And remember, if you want to shorten winter, prolong Christmas. This episode was recorded before a live audience of us. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. We'll be back in January. Thank you for listening to the Forgotten News Podcast. We will now be returned back to the present day, and we hope that we can count on you to join us for our next episode. Christmas is silent. You don't hear it. You feel it. 
You know it. You believe it. Merry Christmas!